0: chapter 1 of the spanish conquerors this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the spanish conquerors by irving birdine richmond chapter 1 west and east wherefore we may judge that those persons who connect the region in the neighbourhood of the pillars of hercules spain with that towards india and who assert that in this way the sea is one do not assert things very improbable aristotle de silo the spaniard of the fifteenth century is recognizable by well-defined traits he was primitive he was proud he was devout and he was romantic his primitiveness we detect in his relish for blood and suffering his pride in his austerity and exclusiveness his devoutness in his mystical exaltation of the church and his romanticism in his passion for adventure after printing had spread in spain the romanticism of the spaniard to confine our observations for the present to that trait was fostered by a wealth of books amadis of gaul palmeirin of england the exploits of esplandion don Bellanis. all these works were filled with heroes queens monsters and enchantments and all it is needless to remark held an honoured place upon the shelves of miguel de cervantes that spanish romanticist par excellence the author of don quixote but prior to fifteen hundred or down to fourteen ninety two let us say the romanticism of the spaniard like that of other europeans was ministered to not so much by books as by tales passed from mouth to mouth tales originating with seamen and reflected in the names on mariners charts and tales by landsmen recorded in the relations reports and letters of missionaries royal envoys and itinerant merchants to the west of spain stretched the atlantic ocean and in the atlantic the lands most remote were the canaries the madeiras the cape verde group and the azores what was beyond the canaries the madeiras the cape verde group and the azores to this the answer was not so far as known save the atlantic itself the marytenum or sea of darkness a sea so called for the very reason that within it lies hid whatever land there may be beyond these islands west of ireland but east of the longitude of the azores seamen said was to be found the island of brazil west of the canaries and also west of the longitude of the azores the great island of antilia and southwest of the cape verde group at an indeterminate distance the island of st brandon concerning brazil except that the name signified red or orange-colored dye-wood particulars were lacking but antilia the island over against the island opposite had been the refuge had it not of the iberian goths after their defeat by the moors and here two archbishops of orporto with five bishops had founded seven cities st brandon too was the subject of somewhat specific affirmation for in quest of this island had not st brandon abbot of islec in the sixth century put fearlessly to sea with a band of monks nor were the islands mentioned all of those for which seamen vouched there were besides isle de mom man island Salvaggio, savage island alias le man de hand of satan insula in mar island of the sea rayella king island and various others some of these islands it was surmised must be the abode of life if not life of the type of the hydras and gorgons of antiquity at least of a type of extra mundane and weird of amazons of men with tails of anthropophagi and men whose heads do grow beneath their shoulders of crouching calibans of mermaids and of singing ariels and amid uncertainties respecting antilia and her protean sisterhood one certainty stood out in considerable numbers these islands had figured boldly on marine charts of accepted authority from the famed catalan of thirteen seventy five to the baccaria of fourteen thirty five and the Benincasses of fourteen sixty three fourteen seventy six and fourteen eighty two noteworthy as were the yarns spun by seamen in the fifteenth century tales circulated by landsmen by missionaries royal envoys and merchants were more noteworthy still but these missionaries and other landsmen whither did they fare in what quarter did they adventure not in the west for that was the seamen's realm but in the east these travelers had their domain the chief potentate in all asia so europe believed was prester john a christian and a rich man to find him or some equivalent of him and bring him into helpful relationship with christian but distracted europe became the ambition of popes and secular rulers alike hence the missionaries hence friar john of Pian de carpine and friar william of rubruck who from twelve forty five to twelve fifty three penetrated central asia to caracocrum hence furthermore john of monte corvino or doric of Pordenone and john of marignoli who as friars and papal legates from twelve seventy five to thirteen fifty three visited persia india the malay archipelago china and even Tibet. the tales these landsmen brought were good to hear pretty to hear tell as friar odoric puts it first there was cathay cathay of the mongol plains with its khans or emperors housed in tents twanging guitars and disdainful of all mankind cathay of the ocean sea with ports thronged with ships and wharves glutted with costly wares cathay of the city of kinsay stretched like paradise through the breadth of heaven with lake canals bridges pleasure barges baths and lights of love cathay of imperial kambalak with its palace of the great khan its multitude of crowned barons in silken robes its magic golden flagons its troops of splendid white mares its astrologers leeches conjurers, and choruses of girls with cheeks as full as the moon who bite their sweet singing please friar Odoric, ah friar most of all then there was india including or japan with its rose-colored pearls and gold abundant beyond all measure india of the twenty-four hundred islands and sixty-four crowned kings india of the ruby the sapphire and the diamond of the malaccas drowsy with perfumes and rich in drugs and spices of the golden temples and the uncouth gods of the eunuchs and the ivory the beasts the serpents and the brilliant birds other tales there were brought by these landsmen the missionaries just as the west had its sea of darkness the atlantic ocean so the east had its land of darkness the extreme northeast of asia a region of mountain and sand of cold and snow where dwelt the gog and magog of ezekiel and to reach this dark land barriers must be overcome defiles fierce with demoniac winds deserts swathed and mystic light and vibrant to jigging tunes valleys awful with dead men's bones moreover as in the west the mythical islands of the dark sea were the abode of creatures beyond the thought of man so in the east the dark land harbored beings quite as preternatural here co-tenants so to speak of gog and magog were the cynocephali or dog-headed creatures the parasitae so narrow-mouthed as to be forced to subsist exclusively on odours jointless hopping creatures who cried chin chin one-eyed creatures midget creatures and what not i was told says friar rubruck that there is a province beyond cathay and at whatever age a man enters it that age he keeps which he had on entering which naively exclaims the friar i do not believe odoric had far more hardihood in narrative for speaking of india he notes i heard tell that there be trees which bear men and women like fruit upon them these people are fixed in the tree up to the navel and there they be when the wind blows they be fresh but when it does not blow they are all dried up this i saw not in sooth but i heard it told by people who had seen it as a sceptic among tale-bringers from the east however john of meragnoli ranks foremost a paradise on earth still somewhere existing an adam's footprint in ceylon a noah's ark still on ararat such things were verities to him but not so preternatural creatures the truth is he declares that no such people do exist as nations though there may be an individual monster here and there indeed so adventurous in scepticism is john that in some particulars he o'erleaps himself there are he avers no antipodes men having the soles of their feet opposite to ours certainly not he has learned too by sure experience that if the ocean be divided by two lines forming a cross two of the quadrants so resulting are navigable and the two others not navigable at all for god willed not that men should be able to sail round the whole world so far as missionaries were concerned the east might lure them to cathay or even to farthest india through interest in some shadowy prester john an interest largely of a religious nature but it was otherwise with royal envoys and merchants the lure of the east for them was treasure and merchandise in other words wealth as early as eleven sixty five to sixty seven a spanish jew of navarre rabbi benjamin by name who was concerned in trade set forth from tudela his native city and visiting saragossa genoa constantinople tyre damascus baghdad and points in arabia reached the island of kish and the mouth of the persian gulf at the gates of india and within earshot of cathay he was the first modern european it is said to as much as mention china nearly a century later 1254 appeared the royal traveller haytham the first king of lesser armenia on a visit to mangu khan at caracorum then in twelve seventy five came marco polo son and nephew of traders bred in the commercial traditions of venice and himself the first european of parts to tell of the splendors of the great Khan. polo's most interesting successor thirteen twenty five to fifty five was an arab man of the world gay selfish sensuous and observing ibn battuta battuta journeyed deviously from morocco to cathay and india thence he leisurely returned to his native tangier by way of spain and as he strolled he sang of all the four quarters of heaven the best i'll prove it past question is surely the west to these landsmen the envoys and merchants the lure of the east was wealth it was silks silks of gillan taffetas of shiraz Yeds and sandals of gran and brown cloth of gold gold brocades silver gauze silks and satins of sous Cramoisie, fabrics wrought in beasts birds trees and flowers it was also gold ingots of gold beaten gold gold and silver plate gold pillars and lamps gold coronets and headdresses gold armlets and anklets gold girdles cinctures censures cups and basins Pearls too of beautiful water and gems especially of india made part of this wealth said ibn batuta men at kish descend to the bed of the sea the persian gulf by ropes and collect shellfish then split them and extract the pearls again he said i traversed the bazaar of the jewellers at tabritz and my eyes were dazzled by the variety of precious stones which i beheld handsome slaves superbly dressed and girdled with silk offered their gems for sale to the tartar ladies who bought great numbers but of all this wealth so luring in the facts, so alluring in the recital the chief items were aromatics and spices sandalwood aloewood, spikenard frankincense civet and musk rhubarb nutmegs mace cloves ginger pepper and cinnamon and of spices one stood pre-eminent pepper rabbi benjamin was of his time when he said that two parasangs from the sea of sodom is the pillar of salt into which lot's wife was turned but he was for subsequent times as well when he described the pearls and pepper to the heat of Pepperland. malabar a persian ambassador to india once bore witness in the statement that so intense was this heat that it burned the ruby in the mine and the marrow in the bones to say naught of melting the sword in the scabbard like wax but this by the way pepper was the spice which in ancient days had formed part of the ransom of rome from alaric that throughout the middle ages and far into the fifteenth century constituted in europe the commodity most prized and talked of where it was the one most costly the one closest to gold in intrinsic worth prior to fourteen ninety two then the romanticism of the spaniard as of other europeans was stirred by tales of the west and tales of the east tales by seamen and tales by landsmen and these in the main were circulated by word of mouth furthermore so potent were these stories that even when ascribed to mere weavers of dreams they would not be denied and could not be ignored and in the minds of two or three persons, they begat the old question of Aristotle might not the ocean sea which bordered Cathay and held Sipangu be one with the sea of darkness which lay west of Europe and held Antilia. Chapter one